Hello and welcome to Epic Loot Radio. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me, we have assembled a round table of amazing content creators to discuss the launch week of Amazon's New World. If you guys have been following along, it is not without its celebrations and its controversy. And I know for myself, I've been having heated conversations, wonderful conversations, respectful conversations with many people online, Mike being one of them. And we just sat down and said, you know, we should just podcast about this. We should just hash yeah. this out. Yeah. Was this a good launch? Was this a bad launch? What went right? What went wrong? Because clearly everybody has a lot of opinions about Amazon's new world. Also uh, covering new world, we have Lono. Guys, if you aren't following Mike, Lono, and Chris, I'm going to just go around before we dive into the meat of this podcast and give them the opportunity to introduce themselves. Please go follow them and check them out. Mike, let's start with you and then we'll just kind of go like in a circle here. Yeah, cool. Thank. Th I'm glad to be here. Thank you. And I'm, I'm on a show with Lono. Like I'm like star starstruck right now. Like big fan, big fan. Realized I wasn't following you on Twitter, and then felt really bad about it because it was like, well, now he's gonna think I didn't know who he was. <laughs> I swear I did. I swear I did. Yeah, I'm Mike, uh, online magic man. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but I'm a magician, so you know it's worked for 12 years. I'm not changing it now. You can check me out on MMOBomb.com. That's the one that actually pays the bills. Been there for, oh God, almost 10 years off and on making content on multiplayer games. It's not just free to play anymore. So if you uh, want to see Final Fantasy 14 content, that stuff, cool. Come on over. That's the one that pays the bills to so stop there first. And then come on over to the personal project, which is Ready Check Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O. And the links will be down there. All the socials are right on the website. Just broke 500 Twitch followers, so it's still in its infancy. But uh, yeah, come hang out. We have a Final Fantasy 14 podcast, a gaming podcast, a whole team of streamers. It's a lot of fun. You'll you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. Trust me. Well, maybe you won't. If you don't, that's okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. What a salesman. Sometimes it's sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. You know. An you honest know, salesman. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Lono man. Uh, what you got going on in your in your world? Yeah, we have a lot of channels, so it's hard to, I think, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to push them all. If, if people like live streams, if they're watching this, I would assume they like live streams. SNTR Gaming is where all the live streams are now housed. Uh, SNTR Presents is the channel we used to use. It's a large, it's the largest channel we have, but it was super rooted in another game and that was starting to hurt us. So we've kind of moved the live show because it's scrappy and lively to a smaller channel so if you like live streams live gameplay live discussions SNTR gaming is where all that takes place it's where we've been covering new world it's uh, it's where we've been we're planning to cover virtually any big new title that comes out and we're we're not necessarily going to become a new world channel but we are kind of planning our flag I picture a game like this sort of being a vacation home for us to spend a good amount of time in it and have really good discussions and we've gotten good response to our new world coverage. I, uh, I I like to break games up into pieces and sort of talk about every facet and what could be improved, what's good, what's bad. And that's something that we enjoy doing with another game. So we also have a channel that's purely uploads. If people prefer uploads or even little shorts, we have those, those as well. So four channels, but mainly everything kind of comes out of SNTR gaming, uh, whether it's gameplay or the, the talk show. All right. And Chris, we know something about multiple channels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I share work to game with Brian and, uh, and we have worked to game over on Twitch as well, where I stream five days a week 
And then uh, my personal project is all rooted in gaming, kind of, which is exactly what it sounds like. I just talk about anything gaming related, kind of the format. I, I went full time in January. The format has changed a dozen times since then. It's just a chance to kind of mess with it. Uh, I originally was like, man, it would be really fun to compare Final Fantasy and World of Warcraft, two games I have an immense experience in. Uh, and then maybe dabble in like Guild Wars and New World to see if these games are really fun. I'm having a ton of fun in those games. World of Warcraft has decided that they don't want to be fun to cover. They, they just uh, don't like fun. <laughs> they, don't, they don't like fun. Uh, they're anti-fun. So that's that's been the positive way of looking at that situation. Um, but Final Fantasy is in great shape. And uh, I'm here to talk about New World today. So Gaming Kind is just a place. Gaming Kind is actually expanding to Facebook starting today. So that's like a new thing. Yeah, and so and so is Ginger Prime Gaming. So we actually have some Facebook stuff coming down the line. So if you're listening to this or in the audio version of the podcast, thank you so much. Uh, be sure to give us a five star rating if you feel like we've earned it. I would appreciate that, especially for Epic Loop Radio. I don't think we actually have one rating. <laughs> now you're yet. building things like I did. If you feel like we earned it, yeah, it might not suck. It might not. It might not be terrible. Uh, four, five. If, you know, if you like, think uh, it's if you think it's all right, click five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, now this podcast is brought to you by the generous support of Dark Wolf, Chili, John, Psycho, Cordell, WG Productions, and Keelan, as well as a generous donation from Luke this year helping to break this audio version up and bring it to you guys day and date so if you go search wherever podcast you enjoy them search epic loot radio you're sure to find it you can always check also the links in the description but more than just following this please go follow uh gaming kinda go follow magic man go follow uh, lono and i think overall you're going to have an incredible gaming experience uh lots of unique voices and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to bring these guys together today to discuss what i have decided what i feel is a historic moment but I know there are people who disagree. I think what we've seen this week is historic, and I'm I'm I definitely am that's leaning bold. on. That's bold. That's bold. I am anything. I am right anything there. but they not but not bold. In infamy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Mike, I want to give you the floor first, namely because obviously this kind of really kicked off with you and me kind of debating Amazon's new world launch. What was it to you? What stood out good? What stood out that they could have done better? Yeah, so you and I, we, we've been friends for a while. We were discussing it on Twitter. And for those that don't know, and <laughs> either of us or the way we interact, Brian and I often agree on everything. Like, there's very little things that we disagree on. But both theater we guys. Disagree, we're both yeah, theater both guys, theater, yeah. Like, lesbians. So, That's not what Twitter's for. Big actors, right? <laughs> and so if, when we do disagree on something, even if it's minute and dumb, we then start debating it back and forth it could be the dumbest thing and this kind of is in the grand scheme i don't know if i go historic but i do share about 90 percent of your launch sentiments for new world overall i think it's one of the better launches in mmos as far as things like server stability and performance of the game once you're in the game and all of those i had a little bit of rubber banding that was it in multiple multiple days of playing i can't complain about that type of stuff i can complain about the cues i can absolutely complain about the cues and this is where we kind of yeah. started to break up a little bit not the the cues but how they were being handled and i'm not exactly convinced they're being handled in the best way for long-term benefits because this is inevitably going to lead very quickly to server merger headlines mm -hmm. down the road probably faster than is the norm and for those of us that cover this lono i mean that's there's nothing new we know mmo launch three weeks from now we're gonna or three months from now we're gonna have some server merges 
that's just the natural part of these types of games. But for those that don't know, when they see that headline, it's, oh, dead game. Uh, and I think mm -hmm. they might be setting themselves up for a little more of that type of publicity than they really need to. Okay. And I'm not entirely convinced that what they're doing benefits the audience they're trying to benefit. Okay. I want to go to Lono. Uh, you bring up some mm -hmm. really good points. Lono, what's your uh, in, you know value from this week? Yeah, the the server cues is a tough one because I I made a video where I said it's there's a delicate balance yep. to the situation. If they just start adding new server after new server after new server, you're going to end up with just ghost towns in a couple of weeks, and then you'd have to do the mergers. Mm -hmm. You're all, also what they're doing right now is they're like, well, just make a character so you can play, mm -hmm. and then they're adding these servers. And those servers could become quasi holding pens where everybody's just there waiting to get to the big ones. And then the big ones will get overrun again and then we'll be back in queue land. And so with the way that the map works and the PVP and you need the world to feel alive. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest things I've experienced is getting saved by another player while an alligator is getting me or something yeah <laughs> that's cool like you don't have that in most games you're like oh shoot i i wandered into the wrong neck of the woods and i am now dead but in this game people tend to start helping or you can lovingly kite the enemies to a group of people and then they'll help you uh fight them and i think if you lose that then you lose all of them all of the magic and so they have to they have to weigh timely response with something that could create depreciating returns and that i think is very challenging because it's very unknown it's like we see over seven hundred thousand people trying to play is that going to be true in a month and if it is still true in a month what does that look like with respect to server equilibrium what does that look like with respect to are some servers totally lopsided with respect to factions and the faction wars They've, they've got a lot of plates they've got to spin or the magic will just quickly wither and no one will no one will want to play. They'll say, well, it was, it was fun, but my entire server is green and I, I can't leave it, you know, and they're giving people that one time, you know, transfer. So yeah, that'll probably week. happen, too. They'll be mm -hmm. like, I'm out of here. Right. I, this this is over. I'm purple and this server is just all green. So what makes it odd, though, is like you mentioned, it's a delicate balance and I think what's really weird about it is what makes New World a little more unique uh, amongst its competitors is also what makes this balancing situation the most challenging, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. You generally wouldn't care. I mean, you might be miffed and a little upset, but if you were playing World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy or a traditional theme park, you know, um, MMO RPG, okay, fine. I can't be on Chris and, and Brian's server for right now. I'll go roll in this server. I'll level my character a little bit. They'll give me the free transfer and I'll get over there and we'll be all good. But none of those games have the things you, you mentioned, like the faction warfare, the territory control, and where the balance of who goes where does impact things. It's not just a message of get in, play, and we'll get you to the server that you want to be on eventually. No harm, no foul it's a bit different in, in this circumstance. Guild Wars straddles that line, right? They do. They have the yeah. world, world, see, the yeah. world world has never quite found its perfect footing, but the PVE stuff, they're like, oh yeah, just play with whoever you want. Uh, and so they kind of, they kind of have a foot in both worlds there. You definitely don't want to build a store to have the parking and store capacity for Black Friday, because then the rest of the time it's going to feel ridiculous. 
and you built all this infrastructure and like you're not gonna have enough customers to pay for it anyway but you also don't want to build it so that literally every friday it just like lights on fire like you you, you do want to so you know you saw the most recent mmo to go through this was wow classic and you saw people complaining about the queues and they said it'll be fine like it'll be fine and and it did it settled down um as a matter of fact people accuse there of being dead servers now so it you don't want too many servers there um i think talking about initial impressions here though this is this is a sprint this is or not a sprint this is a marathon not a sprint if you've ever watched endurance sports of any kind endurance racing endurance athletics running events you don't win an event in that first mile you don't win an event in the first five minutes you can lose it there. So like the way they're handling it here, they can 100% cause long-term damage. See, what I do with that shit is I clip the first five minutes, put that on YouTube and just delete the rest. Just, <laughs> so, so we did win. We did win. Yeah. Look at um, that. Man, I killed that first five minutes. We killed that first five oh, minutes. Oh, I lost it the, rest, that, the rest of the footage. Yeah, Sorry, it was that back, that back several hours where mm-hmm. it went poorly. Now, Seven in uh, chat says, it kind of amazes me that a game with the backing of Amazon is having such a hard time managing servers uh this is something that i i I disagree with but i'd be very curious as to y'all's thoughts let's go to lono um is this a perception of amazon and its size and its ability to scale because my background Mm -hmm. right now is final fantasy 14 and we can't get servers and (laughs) amazon to me goes and spins up within 24 hours 50 new servers in my data center and then all around the world like numerous servers like constantly being announced late last night that they have over doubled their original launch servers the number of servers yeah i actually i took the position that they've done a good job and it's hard to say that when you see a queue of 2000 you're like what do you mean they're doing a good job i can't play you know i can't play so player perception is going to be a huge factor here um the second day i waited in a queue for three hours got to play for one hour had a bug had some kind of a game crashing glitch and that was it for me. I mean, yeah, I, that sucks. I, was, I wasn't getting back in. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm on nope. Eden. I'm on Eden with you guys. So it's like, holy moly. Oh, we had to switch, though. We like, moved. We I've had no We way. couldn't get on Eden. Like, we started. Oh, you moved. Okay. Yeah, we had to move because we we literally tried to get on Eden. And after three hours, we it said, you got two more hours to go. And we're like, maybe we got two hours. And not like people are leaving. The other yep. side of this, like on the thing that I look at this as real positive is that you, you had a game uh, crash. Like, I've played probably about 30 hours this week. I've had the game crash on me twice. So 30 hours, two crashes, and one of them actually was my PC. It wasn't even the game. And the reason I know that is because I was streaming the game from the cloud. And I was like, and then my PC just froze up. And I was able to get right back in the game once my PC came back up. So technically, like one game crash. Hmm. It, the thing is, is that waiting in line and then having the game constantly, that, that that's the problem. That's how I equate a bad launch. For the most part, there are people who have crashes. There are, there are a couple of people who get kicked out of that club. But for the most part, when you get in the club, you're like, holy crap, like I'm playing. The servers are stable. Everybody's not rubber banding around. Like there's there is a handful of bugs. Like we're not going to sit here and, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, say like, yeah. this we're, was we're, the... but that's different. Yeah, yeah. Bugs in game is a different topic for right now. Absolutely. But I'm just in here looking at it and go like, OK, like, all right, I'm back. I'm in the club now. The club's mm-hmm. hopping. OK, that was worth the wait, in my opinion. Go ahead. No, no. Yeah. I, I said that it was like trying to capture a hurricane in a gymnasium and not <laughs> slow it down, right? Like you have to harness this power and put it into contained space 
and not slow down the hurricane because like the interest and the momentum and all these people that will quickly dissipate people like this is stupid i'm sitting in queue all day they'll stop trying they'll stop playing so the fact that the numbers are staying where they are means a couple of things it means people are getting in and it also means that people still want to get in so demand hasn't dissipated and as we said at the beginning if they they could right now they've proven this they could just keep adding servers until the point that there's no queue but that again is going to have long-term damage like the short-term gain of hey you got in it's not going to matter if in a month everybody's server is is a wasteland and it's like well we're going to have to merge all these servers and then that's going to affect the the map what who determined does the map reset when that happens that like, i was yeah that's the only thing i can think of is that they got to do a, a territory reset which is going to piss off the people that were there all the money uh, spent the, yeah. all the money and time spent if it's refunded they're, they're though, reset the map if it's re like if if you yeah. get refunded in the terms because right like declaring war is expensive we're yeah. or even trying to capture a zone is expensive which has me excited from an economy perspective saying like there's always a value for currency because there is a, like if to play a part of the sandbox is like if you want to participate in this like even if you don't agree and you don't want to do pvp you focusing on making money to help out your the cause is a part of that that end game and so like mm -hmm. you're right but mm -hmm. yes i as long as it's handled fairly because like the, my viewpoint i'm gonna go to chris because he, he looks very like like excited with the point my thought on this though is that this was always going to happen server mergers are a fact as with hype and then the adjustment but what when whenever that apex is i'm not really worried about it i'm not even worried about the drop because in my mind halo infinite's coming out this year final fantasy 14 and walker's <laughs> coming out this year like there's going to be games in which that people who, who just high pop are going to come in and come out i think it's more about what does their first big update look like and yeah. when that when's that going to be the case but chris mm. you were you were looking kind of squirrely over there a second ago what is what's on your mind <laughs> i love that it's like you know, you know, I'm not even worried about it because I won't be able to see that problem from my house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't bother me at all. Uh, I'll be long gone. Oh, the power so, plant's on fire? Yeah. <laughs> that that right. does sound Fantastic, hard. Um, so thinking of server merges, if they have this crazy number of servers, just a hypothetical here. What if you take the small server and the server you merge it into, you try to find the server with the most similar map so you maintain the same controls? Right. If they're if they're both green, they're both green. And then any of the zones that conflict, you just immediately trigger wars. Just war, 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 war. Yeah. So consider them I, all I like undermined. It, I like it in theory, but keep in mind they already have this set up for server mergers. Right. right. They were right. You, you can mouse over it right on your screen when you're you're picking a server that's like, server hey, group. this your server group, your your oh, little cluster. These yeah. servers are the ones that oh, when we do no. have to merge. These oh, are the no. servers you have the potential to be merged with. That's that infrastructure is already there. Oh no! Yeah, there's gonna be some hurt feelings. <laughs> I'd recommend leveling your gathering and crafting at this time. <laughs> oh no! So okay, here, here's my thing. when here's you my said thing. it, I was like, well, how would that even work? And then you immediately think, okay, like there are there are paths here. Yeah, but if they've already picked their path, like if you've already closed all the other doors, that door better work out. Right. So here's the thing. 
I, I, I'm not, not, I don't think any of us that have done this long enough are surprised by cues, right? Okay. No. Popular, new, no. sexy game. Let's go try it. Oh, also, also the, the streaming part of day one. Also the streaming aspect. Let's sit here and, and just call oh, yeah, that yeah, out. Yeah. That a lot of people are yeah. saying like, you can go play here now without a queue, but if you want to go play with Asmin, if you want to go play with this big popular streamer, if you want to go play with Shroud, if you want to go play with whomever is next, because it seems like more and more people are excited about this game. Like, if you want to go wait in that line for that club to have a chance to kill that guy, like, there's a line, and you're right. you're in a line war. That go ahead. I've had no line since we switched to Nunja. None, zero. So, okay. So I don't think any of us are surprised by cues. By the way, right. this is totally first world problem. We're <laughs> sitting here, right, bitching about not being able to get into a video game. Our lives must not be that bad when we have that that capability and that kind of time. Me and Mike, uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so let's be thankful uh for that front. But so here's the thing. The servers have a ridiculously low capacity in in my estimation. And I do this for a living, so I'm not totally talking out of my butthole, by the way. I'm a software engineer by trade and deal with server spin-ups and global usage and all that stuff. Uh they have them at 2K right now. Now yeah. they have expressed that over time they want to increase that to 10K slowly in increments over time, right? And it's not just if you if you think, okay, well, let's just open the door to more people. It's a little more complex than that. You can't just open the door to 3K because you're you're sure your server can support it because eventually you want to go to 10K. But to do it the right way, I mean, you could just open the door, but to do it the right way, there are other things you need to take into consideration. Monster spawn rates, you know, all all that type of thing when you have more characters in location. So, okay. I don't understand the default to let's spin up over double the number of servers we have as the number one response to this. And that's the only real point that Brian and I kind of disagree on in, mm -hmm. in this one. Um, it doesn't target the people that are impacted by the problem the most, right? Right. Your new players that didn't pick it up on Tuesday, didn't have it pre-ordered two years ago when it was supposed to come out a year ago. God, by the way, who thought that was ready a year ago? Anyway, the... <laughs> bless, bless you. you. Bless you. <laughs> I don't even know who that was, but bless you. <laughs> Uh, so this doesn't target spinning up new servers targets the people that came in Wednesday and Thursday and weren't mm. already having plans to play with certain yeah. friends or certain guilds, the guild caps. They, I mean, those guilds of two, 300 people that are broken into two, three, four guilds. They already had plans. They knew where they were going there. Those are the servers that are overburdened by the queues right now and saying, yeah, go play on this server and then come on back later that doesn't solve the queue problem for that server. Right. Yeah, some people that, you know, I'm I'm not gilded, I'll go, fine. I'm going to leave because I don't want to be the queue. But that's not going to alleviate the problem. It helps the new single or duo players coming in that want to check it out. They got a new place, they don't have to wait for a queue. So it doesn't disperse the population the way you want to uh, or the way you're hoping that it will. Right. Not, in com uh, not increasing capacity at least a little bit first has been mind-boggling to me because with the exception of some major Asmongold servers, stuff mm -hmm. like that, they're in the 40 and 50K, if you look at the server list, a lot of them trend between four and 800 in queue. And that's still hours of waiting, by the way. Uh, it's but usually around 30 minutes to an hour. Like I've seen, I've gotten through 
1200 within 30 minutes like oh at least, my god i wish well i guess that varies by server right because <laughs> if course, people yeah. aren't logging off then yes yeah then, yeah if people are having a great time then no one logged out tonight or they're right click, or they're click botting which only then exasperates the problem but go ahead and then i want to go to lono go ahead yeah so it, it doesn't spinning up this many servers doesn't alleviate the problem i'm surprised that they haven't incrementally tried let's do two four two hundred four hundred five hundred let's take it to 25 you know, small increments where you start cutting the vast majority of server queues in half. Uh, yeah, you still have your big dogs that you're going to have to worry about and figure out alternate solutions for. Maybe servers is the problem there or is the the solution there. I don't think it is. It, it, it's just amazing to me. And if you don't think Amazon has the architecture in place to be able to do it right now, which we have seen before in the past with Final Fantasy XIV's A Realm Reborn launch where... I, we can add a couple of servers, but now we can't do that anymore. And we just don't have the architecture to support increasing capacity right now. Yep. They should have frozen sales at minimum freeze new character creation on certain servers for right now. Yeah. And even after uh, years minimum. of investment, they oh, had yeah, to yeah. freeze sales. They had to free do that very thing with a with a ten, like a 10 or 11 year old MMO. Like that's yeah. that's something fascinating to be talked about another time. But go ahead. No, that, that's it. I mean, Lono can chime in there because he's 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 got opinion. He looked at your 30 minutes and he was like, you're out of your damn mind, brother. I've yeah. never waited 30 minutes. <laughs> I was like 30 minutes. I, I waited the one day I had 700 people in front of me and it took three hours. And I thought, my word, because, you know, you think 700 people, yeah. eh, you know, and I'm, no, it was bad. And then last night. I was like, I'm going to try and get some screenshots for thumbnails. No, no, I'm not. Like, there was 2,000 people in front of me. There was a server's worth of people mm -hmm. waiting to get in. And so I, I, I tend to agree that adding capacity needs to be next phase because this is like a this is sort of a band-aid oh my gosh there's too many people let's just, let's just offload all these people over here so that they can start playing and i think the strategy makes sense to a certain degree because it's like well everybody that got in day one and got to play they're hooked like yeah they'll wait they'll by the way we back. haven't even seen the first weekend cues I know. Yes. That's, <laughs> yeah. have, have, oh my god i'm spitting on myself i'm so excited about the weekend cues yeah we haven't even seen them yet right yeah like uh, me and me and a buddy do Friday night streams, and tonight we're we're just gonna fish and just have some drinks and laughs. And I told him I was like, "You're probably gonna have to try to queue like three hours before, you know? We're with <laughs> three hours before On Friday. Yeah, you should be yeah. in right now. Yeah, are you not? Oh in? no, I I am. I'm in. The you should be right in. Now. Are we not all playing right now? <laughs> I'm, I am. I'm moving my <laughs> this podcast looks like it's 480. It's because all of us are yeah. using bandwidth for something this else. Totally unrelated. Don't oh, yeah. No it. one's playing New oh, World. This is, this is yeah. day one of a Star Wars movie. Like, Well, I, I, I have my internet separated, so my I'm talking to you through AT&T and <laughs> playing New World on Spectrum, so <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. Um, That's how yeah. good the game is. Lono did that yesterday. Yeah. He hasn't had that set up for a while. Now. He did it yesterday. That's how He's good got Spectrum's new New World plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good streamer you should try to have two internet sources if you can if you can um i, I, I like to have them separate but i have the, fiber and then the house is on a different router than so i split it into two and yeah that's what i do yep. yeah i mean i i think the real question would be 
when does when does interest dissipate because of the problems like interest dissipates for different reasons you know that people get in they play and they're more of a traditional mmo fan they're like well this game doesn't even have classes it lacks the depth that i want or a more casual player might be like ah this is going to take too long I, I think this game is more i've been describing it as a mid lane mmo it's sort of in the mid lane player category and i think that's a larger category and so the question is, when will interest dissipate in relation to server queues and server problems? Because that compounds everything we're talking about. Yeah. It, 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 it expedites exodus. And then all of a sudden you're like, I, we, we now we don't have enough people. And then you start to fix problems and do all those people come surging back? Like it's 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 very, very delicate in that if you do the wrong thing at the wrong time, you're going to make everything worse. So I I would hope next week they start talking about increasing capacity because the weekend is likely going to stoke the rage fires again. And people are going to say, I sat all week and patiently waited, and now the weekend's here, and it's the same situation. I cannot play. The, the problem is there's some core design aspects of the game that simply doubling server capacity is going to yep. aggravate. Um, undermining zones and then people saying, I've been playing for a month, I've been on it. Every single time there's been a chance to be in a battle, I've never once been selected. Um, you know, people who are all getting their initiation quest to go hunt the same three sheep and you've got now 2,000 people trying to hunt the same three sheep and like they they pop up and they're, they're a one tag mob so they can't be multi-tagged. Like one person, like to get mine to be fast on stream, people were watching me literally sheep snipe people. Like I had a musket so that, and I was spinning so that the moment I saw the blue thing, I see a guy running, axe out, and boom, no, it's mine. It's mine. He's a like, troll. <laughs> you have, I had, no, I, I only got my three and I was out. I wasn't going to stay there and just take, but like I'd, I'd watched 10 sheep pop and, and you're, I'm seeing trees pop back up. You're starting to see what what there's got to be some underlying force spawn rules. So a lot of the magic of the tree falling and the stump being there goes away when lots of people were gathering in the same zone because the trees start just popping up and it's the same tree over and over on the same node. So a lot of the mysticism of the world is destroyed if you put too many people in one spot and everybody having sub 50 in all their skills, everybody being non-initiated with you know, any of the three everybody being in these same spots over and over, it's not going to feel like the new world that we've been enjoying this week. So even doubling capacity, that just kicks the set of problems that we're complaining about right now into a new set of problems. Yeah, and, and that's why I mentioned earlier that it's not simply just, I mean, you could just open the door, so, but that is absolutely so what not is the, rate? the way it's, to go. It's important when you open the door though, that you don't sit here and overcrowd the club. You don't have the fire marshal coming in saying, all right, like nothing's working, yeah. right? So like I saw even Abe talking about like they need to go to 4K ASAP. And I was like, honestly, if 4K is is the right balance to getting enough people in, but it's having a good experience with the 4K people that are there. I think that's the most important thing. I think the fact that when you do get through the queue, if you cannot play the game, that queue time becomes a real point of anger, not a, a point of like frustration, not a point of disappointment, but a point of real gamer anger i waited in this line and now the game is unplayable like we've seen that story time and time and time again and that's why like when we were saying that's where our disagreement comes from is that at the end of the day 
what we're seeing is that we, we got to, you have gamers who want to play and I want them to be able to play this game because I think it's definitely worth it. And that's not just because I've been covering it for 18 months. It's because when I played it last year, it was not ready, but I go, there's some magic in these hills. Like there's something here that has me interested. It doesn't mean everybody has to agree, but I think it's more important that when they do play that they have a good experience. And then essentially, yes, I would love them to get to 4k, but as long as it doesn't create server instability. And the only way that I see that from a technical perspective, my programmer mind comes into play and it says, oh, well, the more people who level and get into the other zones, the higher level areas and start working into that, you spread your player population around. I think that's where the uh, st stability and scalability comes in. And then who knows what the first update looks like? We've already seen new zones. We've already seen weapons. And I think it's it's more critical. And this is just my perspective. I'd love to know uh, your thoughts. We'll go to Lono next. I think it's more critical the first update than anything else because i still think that no matter what you're going to have like we talked about the mergers we talk about all the balance like those are real problems those are going to happen i don't think amazon with any amount of money can prevent people leaving the hype i think it's more about how do you get them back into the game at a future point where they've already bought it there's no sub fee so like the barrier to return is all in the content that they choose to deliver to the player. And so that's where I want to kind of pivot this conversation. Unless we, we, if anybody feels like we didn't hit a specific note, we can, we can come back to it. But Lono, what is that first update to this game look like for you? Obviously you're having a good mm -hmm. time. Queue times are a problem, but I think it's more about the first update than it is about the scalability at this moment, because that's just a function of, I think, physics. Go ahead. Yeah. My first impressions, I went through the good, the bad, and the unknown, and I feel there's a there's a handful of unknowns right now that are going to determine virtually everything. What's the ongoing content plan? And when the ongoing content plan lands, what does it do to the game ecosystem? Is it just a new area and a couple of new weapons? Because then that's just going to be an absolute just land rush. Like Everybody's mm -hmm. going to go to that one spot. Yeah. Is that going to be healthy? Is it going to feel good and organic? Are they going to look at territory resets every quarter or something? Like, what are they going to do as an ongoing experience? We even looked at the weapon masteries today, and I said there's clearly space for other weapons. We've heard that there's been crossbows and things seen. And adding those things, will that be a driver to say, I spent all this time specking into sword and shield and a, you know, and a healing staff, do I really want to, you know, start over fresh with a crossbow? And is that going to kind of feel like I'm just tacking that onto an existing character? I, I think one of the challenges for any game is the ongoing sense of respecting a player's investment while incentivizing new engagement. I, it's such a delicate, it's such a challenge. It's more of a tension. It's not a delicate balance. It's a tension. If you invalidate too much of their work, then they're angry. If you don't give them enough incentive to continue to play, they're bored. And those things are always at odds because the, the last game that I covered extensively always dealt with that. It's like, well, I'm dragging everything into the new era, the new ethos. I'm dragging it all with me. What else do you have? Mm -hmm. We don't we don't have much compared to what you're carrying, right? That's that's going to be so at a, at, a, at a micro level, the player's individual drive to play is is a giant question mark for me and then when you zoom out at the macro the ecosystem the map and all of that 
what's that going to look like? If you reset the map, are people going to be irritated? If you don't reset the map, is it going to create massive funnels to one location and create what would feel like really awkward? It would just feel odd to just all of a sudden the rest of the map kind of doesn't matter. I got a, I got I, a question I, on resetting maps just because you bring mm -hmm. that up. I think it's actually interesting. What instead of a reset, an incentive, right? We talk about like, let's say the map's all green. Like, what if they were ended up introducing incentives for purple or for, uh, you know, yellow, essentially syndicate or, or covenant in order to start to claw that back where the game says, okay, yes, you dominate all these zones. Well, there's a, a diminishing return to that. And there's an incentive that continues to kind of pile up just to try and bring a little bit of balance to that teeter totter. I was always an overweight kid and a teeter totter was a, was a kind of a nightmare, you know, for me as an overweight kid versus like, okay, you get online with a like a, like a little guy. And it's like, oh man, I'm sorry. Like this clearly is imbalanced. Like, but then you go, you get two guys over on the, on the little guy side, you, you create a, an alliance between the covenant and the syndicate. And all of a sudden they're able to balance me out in that regard. I gotta say that is like one of the just wildest analogies I have ever heard thrown into a podcast. Let me just say, I was a heavy kid, <laughs> the teeter totter. Let me tell you a little bit about the teeter totter. <laughs> hey, it's true. <laughs> What I do you didn't guys say think? it was inaccurate. I just said it was amazing. What do you guys think about that? Because like obviously we touched on on balance and, and Luna, I kind of jumped in. So I, you know, if you had an additional thought, I do apologize. I think the analogy works though, because I was a small guy. I was I was a little dude, and the teeter totter was just as not fun for me because I can't get it to move. Right. So like I think there's something there. It's like we, if a, if a game or parts of the map get too top heavy, it can become yep. boring for those people but it can become just as boring for the guy over here that can't move the teeter-totter. It's like we're we're on equal on opposite ends of the spectrum and yet we're both bored. Like and I think that's a <laughs> that's that's a danger. If an entire map is green, I would feel like the green the faction would be like there's nothing going on. No, there's nobody to challenge. We we ran everybody off. And then the other people are saying the same thing. They're like, "Well, there's no point in playing. We got we got completely decimated and dominated we're, we're we're just sort of giving up and throwing in the towel and so i, I yeah i don't know I, I like the idea of saying you you need to you need to maintain or maybe you're spread too thin and if you're spread too thin it's easier to be attacked i i don't, I don't know like create intrinsic weaknesses to a large empire because a large empire would in reality, it'd be harder to maintain that dominance. You'd have defectors and people that don't like you. And, you know, I, that would be a reality that maybe that's what they do. Maybe they uh, they start to fracture some of the factions by saying, you know, we have separatists and defectors that don't want to be a part. And you try to, like, mount an insurrection. I don't know. We've there, started seeing that. Ways. We've seen yeah. what people within our own faction yeah. complain about certain leadership within the faction. <laughs> I tell you, that's that that's player driven story. Like we talk yeah. about, like you're waiting for the next content drop. It's like, have you seen faction chat? Like it's entertain. Like you could become a YouTube star just reading faction chat alone. If you didn't end up getting like shut down. Cause some of the stuff that is like going on, I'm like, man, these people <laughs> like, and then it's all of a sudden within the factions, like even within our own there there's infighting about what's the right tax rate. Like this, oh my gosh, this, this, uh, this one company is really brutal but they're on our side. We should, you know, and it, they're taxing themselves too. It's like, it's the taxes is applied evenly, regardless of your, if you're the controlling faction or not, but go ahead. We, we, we need a very, we need a very high production, big budget 
soap opera as the new world turns and we need actors <laughs> to take the script from that chat and just and and just run with it it would be I, that's that would be hysterical to watch dramatic readings of faction chat you know well you stole from the you know the treasury and what's, like, what's critical role doing these days are they busy uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh so so the question here is what you guys are hitting on is where's the fuck they need to put their finger on where the fun is. Is the fun in having the biggest? Is the fun in having each zone turn over incredibly often where each zone has basically a timer and the longer that zone's been under control, the more perks it has, but also the easier it is to take or the more benefit you get for taking it. Like, where is the fun? I think for me with that first patch, the thing I've been having a ton of fun with is like, Brian's like, do you wanna go PVP? I'm like, yeah, after I shoot this rabbit. Okay, but then like there's a deer over there and I gotta shoot that deer. Okay, well. I mean, I've already shot the deer. I might as well, I might as well shoot this next turkey. And so like, I find myself just daisy chaining across the entire landscape, just slaying wildlife. Uh, and the question is like, how do you keep making the game feel exploratory, right? When does Brian run into that thousandth PVP mission and realizes this only has a couple ways it can go? When am I like, you know what? The game says I've thought I've shot 32,000 rabbits. I think that's, that's enough. Um, and what can they add back to that? Do new weapons make it fun? I can tell you right now, one of my things that's gonna make hunting a little boring long-term is that once I can track it, it's on my little compass and I can aim my gun. And as soon as I see the mouse or I see the name over it, I can shoot it through a bush. I can't even see yeah. it. So could I have a higher level hunting where they say, okay, you know, Forza style, we're gonna give you a multiplier. You'll get more hides and more experience, but you're going to play without nameplates on rabbits now. You got to actually see them. You know, can they go back and add that stuff? Can they go back and add cosmetics tied to shooting different species of rabbits in different locales? So now I'm hunting rabbits across different areas. Like what? Because like logging, logging has been really fun, but I'm noticing a couple thousand logs in. Okay. This is starting to feel, starting to feel very similar, very samey. So, you know, in addition to zone turnover, what can they do within the zones besides just adding weapon types that make these systems feel like they're worth a second look, like they're worth a deep dive again? And I don't know what the answer is. Um, you know, thankfully it's not my job. We'll just tell them if it's wrong. <laughs> I go to Mike. What do you think? Yeah, so here's here's my thing with New World. So I uh, disclosure, I've been in New World testing and shit for God, what two two and a half years, something something like that. Like I got my first look at that when it was purely just a survival game. It was, yeah, here's you on an island and go cut down some trees type stuff. Do you yeah, actually get the it. game for free? Because that was an that was a whole incentive. A couple way, years ago. way back then. Well, I mine was through press for MMO bomb and stuff like that. So it, it's uh, I don't know if it was a free offer, if it was through press, you know, contact stuff. Anyway, um, and I've honestly not known if New World was going to be for me every step of the way, um, because I do know, you know, that the end game is maybe not exactly what I personally as a gamer am looking for, um, but I cannot deny that building a game based on, you know, 80% of the end game being player created drama and content is smart. <laughs> you know, we wish more games would do that. It means there's always content 
even if they're not creating content where you get into Final Fantasy, you get into WoW, and it's very dependent on the developers delivering content in a timely manner. You have a little more flexibility here like you do in, uh, you know, a PvP multiplayer game. I don't know if that end game is going to appeal to me all that long. I'm not huge into PvP. You know, the faction stuff might be interesting for a little while. But I will say that even as more of a theme park MMO fan than a sandbox MMO fan, there's just some tremendous stuff here. It might not be at the it, at its, you know, in its teenage years or in its grown years yet. But there's some interesting stuff here and some just like nostalgic stuff I like. There's very RuneScape elements in mm-hmm. New World. Uh, I've, I've that, seen some memes can, about that. Like people yeah, that like, I can absolutely oh, appreciate. And, and RuneScape's over there going like, what? Like, why is everybody caring about this? Like, we've been doing this whole time. I don't know how many people in chat are as old as my ass here, but I played Final Fantasy XI as an adult for way longer than I ever should have. But it's tr- one of my favorite MMOs. I will never forget... In Final Fantasy XI, the feeling of dread going some places. That was it. I wasn't doing, I was just traveling, getting from A to B and having to worry about getting there safely. New World is probably the first game that has started to deliver that to me a little bit more than anything in, in recent years, where just walking from A to B you might accidentally get a little too close to a tower that all of a sudden isn't level eight anymore. It's level 25 and goodbye. You're dead. Uh, It is not, Hey, this zone's for level 10, this zone's for level 15. And I walked into the 15 zone too early. I love the aspect of danger in the world. And I do feel that a little bit here. So there's a lot that I do like. I don't know if it'll be for me long-term as much as it is for you, Brian, but you're more into the PVP aspect of right. it than I am. Yeah. And you know what? I can't fault them for, for what they're doing there. I'm like, I love crafting and gathering. I hate crafting and gathering in MMOs. I have one max level crafter and gatherer in, in Final Fantasy 14, and I've played since launch. I have one of each. That's it for dailies so that I can get minions. I love gathering and crafting in New World. I don't know why. It's just, I just go hit a button and watch an animation, but I like it. I like it. Uh, there's a lot good here. So yeah, while I harp on the, the Q issue, I really think that's the only thing they haven't quite nailed and they need to fix. And it does surprise me though, that they missed the numbers to the degree they did, right? Maybe you become a little more popular than you thought you were going to be. And you have some more, but this is Amazon. This is they had access to more numbers than any other MMO company had access to, given their ownership of Twitch. Yeah, on you exa- know how many paper towels we choose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they knew their pre-orders. They knew their the streamer contracts they were going to have. They knew the. They know the impact I'm, I'm of a, streamers. They know yes. the impact of content yeah. creation on. Not games. only did they have the publicly available Twitch numbers on how many people viewed, so they have all the numbers you don't get to see on exactly the engagements metrics and all of that stuff for. So I'm kind of amazed that they missed it to the tune of having to spin up double the servers. Unless that was the plan. Yeah, unless that was the plan. It's a good headline. It is a good headline. I'm just saying, even even WoW Classic didn't launch all their servers day one because they wanted they they launched a set that you could reserve your name on, and then they had another set to come out later. By design. But I do like a lot of this damn game, and I didn't think I was gonna like very much of it at all. 
at all. I just thought, hey, this, yeah, it's going to be cool for the people that like that type of thing. It's just not for me. I'd rather play Final Fantasy 14 or a more theme park oriented MMORPG. That's just my tastes. But damn it, I am kind of hooked on this. And every time I see a queue, it makes me want to cry because of it. I want to be like, you know what? I didn't like your game anyway. Screw you. Yeah, but that, that's yeah, the I'm easy thing. That's the, that's the solution. Release a bad game, Amazon, and none of this would have been a problem. Right. Lono. Um, you've done it before. You've done it before. And that's where we. I want to. I want to. Eventually, we'll circle back to what I touched on the very start, where I believe this is historic. But Lono. Uh, Mike touched on a few things. He touched on theme park and sandbox. He touched on like his addiction to this game that surprises him. What surprises you about this game? What are you loving about this game? And uh, you know, th th this is outside the architecture of it, but just what, mm. what's your what's your take? It's funny how many people have said almost exactly what he just said, myself included. Like I'm not an MMO guy. I remember I was big into uh, Quake Three. And Unreal Tournament, and when I lost all my friends to EverQuest, I was really angry. Uh, and I mean that. I lost them. They were gone. <laughs> they didn't want to play the games that I liked anymore. And I remember being angry about that. Man, man these games are lame. And I, I remember trying EverQuest, and it just made me want to start a new character in Diablo 2. Um, and I think what they did somehow is they put together a recipe with just enough from all these other game types yeah. so that depending on what your sort of proclivities and affinities are, you can latch on to something. I had people say this morning, I don't really like MMOs because of the combat, but this combat's enjoyable. It's just enough action adventure so people can enjoy themselves. And people that really like PvP are salivating at that map. And people like me that I just want to quest. I stack those quests go and do them all, come back, and I turn them all in. I feel dope, right? Like, there's just enough to keep to keep me coming back. And I think that's where they've done something that is usually very risky. They try to appeal to a broad audience, and that can mean appealing to everyone means you appeal to no one because there's not enough. There's The substance of every one of those influences is either too tenuous or too, uh, too thin to satiate a person that likes action adventure combat. That's where you know, I they, think the next three weeks are going to be the most interesting. Now yes. that you've done it for 10 hours, mm -hmm. 20 hours, 30 hours, 40 hours, 40 hours to Chris's point earlier, long term. Yes. Do you still feel that way three weeks from now, a month from now, two months from now? Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be the interesting trigger point, I think. Yeah, because familiarity breeds contempt. Like yep. you, the more you do something, the more you're like, frick this stupid tree like you just you're 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 annoyed at the i'm already getting annoyed with the wolves it's like just, just leave me alone man i'm just trying to i'm just trying to pass through your little area bro like just <laughs> stop it it um, is an mmo that by the way demands your time too yeah this is not let me log in and do a duty finder roulette uh and then you know what i gotta go do something this is you gotta sink time into this like even if you just want to be good at one combat source one crafting source Better is you have a source of Azoth. Yeah. Now that I have a source of Azoth, better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious about the PvP element doing what I know PvP does to lots of games. I think player versus player environments are sort of naturally cannibalistic. Um, if you don't give the player versus player focused community something to sort of focus on, 
it turns into very like degenerate like cannibalistic behavior they'll they'll sort of they'll no. they'll they'll mob and mop up and drive people away and and uh, that's a risk i think with how they've set this game up is that the pvp can be like this growing monster that then turns and just sort of can cannibalizes the game yeah. and then everyone's like i'm not having any fun these guys are running the server or these guys are griefing or whatever and so that i think is a very very potential that's a big danger in the room anytime player versus player is a huge facet of your game it can if it's if it's not given a like you have right. to incentivize right. the right behavior you can't really restrict it because people will find a way around it mm -hmm. and you got to make sure that doesn't start to happen because that can be another morale killer uh for for your game and for your community that's eve online right and I am sure like, New World will never be toxic. Don't ah, no, it's ever, going to be ever. All games are toxic though. Like the the mythos that like like oh this one game is toxic. Like have you met the real community? Because the people are like oh fourteen doesn't have a toxic community. I go oh you're so oh precious. Like I hope that you never discover it because when you do, it's so venomous it shocks you. Like it's it's all of a sudden you're like my best friend. Turns out he's a snake. Oh God. Okay. You know, it's like what happened, you know? And that's the thing is that they're like the mythos that there's like a non, you know, like this beautiful harmony. I would say, hello, kitty Island adventure. Those sons of bitches, like they're out there, that like just like, you got to watch out for them too. Like Ugh. it doesn't matter. Like gamers, like their people, gamers, especially will optimize the fun out of anything if given the opportunity. And that's one of the things I'm kind of waiting to see because what does the cultures look like on these servers? How is streaming with the integration with streaming impacted? Like there's so many unknowns that as just a fan of video games, I'm like, just despite the fact that I actually adore this game, like I've been really excited for its launch. I'm having a hell of a good time. I don't know where the, where the road, like I, I can't, and I'm not going to worry about when that, when that does happen, because guess what? There's other amazing games out there. And I think the philosophy in game design has to shift to, if you're not having fun, come back. Like it's okay to take a break and the business model with no sub, I think invites that. And if they can deliver more content, then I think if they have that play when it's awesome and you're having a good time, take a break when you're not, I think overall that builds a healthier community. But Chris, you were going to say something. So I think what I admire about this game is that I love comparing games. I love comparing games, especially when there's only like one thing in common. And so you use that as this bridge and everything else is different. I just find that fascinating. So like Final Fantasy versus WoW, they're honestly two sides to the same coin. They're so similar. It gets yep. more interesting when you're comparing either of those games to Guild Wars or EVE Online or Elite Dangerous or ESO. You know, and so like when you look at these other games, that's, you know, destiny, something where it's like, OK, now you've changed the combat system, but the core loot mechanics have parallels. And so that's where it gets really interesting. And what they've done is they've gone and they've sampled what they believe the best of each thing is. And they're running all of these systems that we normally see in these other games. People are like, oh, that feels like this other game I played. Oh, that feels that looks like this game. And they're all running them side by side. So you're getting to see. It's kind of like a dream team in sports. You're getting to see players that were successful in their own space play alongside each other. That has a huge number of risks. Do all those systems play nice together? We don't know yet. It's too early to say. And also, do you accidentally invite in you know, a weakness that comes in with the, with the good thing? You talking about PvP, breeding that it, when PvP people get bored, what do they do? Well, EVE Online has taught us when people run out of things to do, 
they'll find ways to entertain themselves. And a lot of times that's, hey guys, wouldn't it be funny if we all camped in a zone and just guaranteed there was no wildlife? So now the game has a choice. So either four spawns, and now you've created an incentive to do this because people are like, dude, we can generate 65 billion leather per hour, or you don't four spawn. And now new players are like, yeah, I logged in every day for a week and there wasn't any wildlife to hunt. Uh, and those are your choices. Like they both suck. But the <laughs> so, so like what happens when players get bored and still want to play? Um, how do they, everything becomes PVP at that point. doesn't matter if they're doing PVE content, everything becomes PVP at that point. So I'm really fascinated by all the positive systems I see here. I'm just the pessimist in me. This is why Brian and I work well together is the pessimist in me just wonders like, when does the other shoe drop? What the words, what's the catch? And maybe there's not one, but what's the catch? What's on the other side of this when the newness wears off? Cause right now I'm having a fantastic time, but right now I'm also like, Whoa, I've never killed an alligator. Like I killed my first alligator this morning. Every other one I've had to run or die. Those have been my choices. And I killed my first one today. And then a quest popped up and it's like, kill a bear. And I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. If you run into that ginger bear, I'm going to warn you right now. That's That guy sucks. Uh, yeah. but uh, Bears look mean. I'm still oh, a little scared of lynx. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Uh, the reason why I feel confident in my in my bold words to say that this is historic is that when I look back at, at memory, when I just look back, and this is obviously like conditional, there's probably maybe some game out there that, that is launched. But let's just let's just look at the last like five years. I have seen constant online games launch and are in like just don't function. Outriders being one this year alone that they're still working on bugs and, and how the game operates, et cetera, and, and, and loot and et cetera. It's just like, and the, there's a core gameplay mechanic that was fun and being able to play through the story, yada, yada, yada. But I've seen time and time again, online games launch. And then the method that, or the, 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 the phrase gamers use is like, why did you take off work? We all know online game launches suck. It takes them a couple of weeks to get it figured out. The only issue I see in this entire conversation is massive queue times, but Everything that I've heard on this show and everything I hear online, everything I read from players. Yes, there's a random troll who maybe it's not their cup of tea. I don't need people to love games that I love. But what I'm seeing is something that I have not seen before. And the question is, is that, is this a good game with a smooth launch? And the thing, the only answer that I can come up with is yes. And to the point where the next game that launches, if it's not a smooth launch, if the servers can't stay up, it's literally, we, there's no more like pointing. Oh, well, nobody really launches smooth. The servers are always in stable at launch. We all know this. This is a, no, no, no. Actually, a, new Amazon did it. There is now, I think, a bar set saying, okay, you can't use this as an excuse next game. And more so than anything, I think what they've done with New World outside the game alone has made the most, the largest advertisement for Amazon web services that I've ever seen in my life. That I, I sit here and go, oh, yeah, we can scale. You should come over to Amazon where Google's trying to get, recruit people. Microsoft's trying to recruit people into their cloud gaming. I think Amazon just literally is like, all right, y'all's move. Y'all's move. We, we're we going to scale. We're going to, we're going to handle this right. We don't know the long-term like effects of the game and, and its success. Nobody can. But I think essentially what we do know from successful online games that we all still play to now is that the secret sauce is deliver more, keep delivering content. You know, like just keep delivering content, screw the haters, numbers going to go up, numbers are going to go down that, you know, like who cares? Like if you're having fun, you're doing it right. 
we're going to keep making content and that's going to keep that cycle going that cycle of content creation that cycle of streaming that cycle of news and so at some point even if you're like i played it at launch i couldn't get in or like i played it at launch and marauders took over and then all of a sudden you come in your friends are like dude we're taking it back we're, we're like we're back in i think essentially that's going to be something that we see really set like a whole train because this is the first in my mind next generation like true next gen mmorpg with the lumberyard engine that when you look at every other mmo that that we're playing like especially three out of the four of us here like they're 10 11 years old wow wow what 17 18 years old like there there's an age thing here and i think new world and amazon actually like have the capacity to to really change the landscape and that's where that's why i think it's historic i'd like to let everybody kind of have some final thoughts because i know mike we do have a hard uh hard out for you we have a hard on either one <laughs> it's the it's the hour it's like people are like all right <laughs> i'll go to mike yeah i uh, see it's one of those it's hard to disagree with you it is always so because hard. it isn't like you can say well this game did it better um there there really isn't have there been some games that have come close to doing it this way sure have there been some games that have catastrophically failed to meet this bar absolutely uh so i wish i could just say you're out of your mind brian look at x game that's the way it should be done but i can't also just you know glance over the fact that we're not talking about two and three and four hundred person queues that you're in for 30 40 minutes and you're in game mm -hmm. we are talking about large scale 40,000 player queues that take six to eight to 10 hours to go through. And ironically, if you do a search for hashtag new world or go check out the Reddit, the queues are more unstable than the game itself, uh, which is there is no place holding. So when you when yeah. you get disconnected or bounced or errored out of that queue, you are immediately starting over. What I can say is, yes, I got to give them credit for what they've done. But I also think given the pedigree, given Amazon, given how much they want this to sell the web services, right? I'm not entirely convinced this is all about just being in games, but uh, they want to sell the web services. Um, I feel like they could have done better. They had all the information more so than any other developer or publisher in any recent memory uh, that they should have done a little bit better. But overall, I'm happy with it. And I didn't know if I would be and I had played seven betas and three alphas and didn't know if I was going to like this or not. Uh, and I do so far. My last kind of point on it is I hope the projections that Amazon wants out of it financially are not ridiculously unattainable because I do have that mm. worry that the higher ups want dollar amounts that just aren't going to be obtainable in fast amounts of time right i think the game will do well but just like ea and blizzard and stuff like will it do well enough according to the because i think amazon has a home in games development not just publishing we got lost ark and all that mm -hmm. other stuff coming and i want them to stay there and i honestly hope that new world gets the chance to do the things that lono was talking about and chris was talking about and and you and i brian have been talking about i hope the teams get the chance to see what, how can we incentivize this better later? What systems can we add and tack on to this? So financially, I hope the projections just aren't out of reach because it's Amazon. 
you know, and yeah, yeah they want to make money. It's not, well, they have money. They don't have to worry about no, no, no. it. No, that's not their view. Right. That I don't, is I'm not their view. I've never, not, especially on the publisher level, but I, what game development is a charity? Like they're, right, exactly. there's like, oh, they make it because they love it. Yes. And they want to feed their families. Yeah. Lono, you got any final thoughts before we wrap up today? Yeah, I've always said that I, if I like a game, I want the developers and the publishers to make just bundles of cash. People, people think I'm some greasy corporation, like pro pro corporations. <laughs> it's like, no, I really like video games, and if they make lots of cash, they're gonna keep doing this, right? <laughs> like, so yeah, I'd I'd love them to have really big bonuses and swim in their Scrooge McDuck, you know, piles of coins, because then they're gonna keep giving me what I enjoy. I, I think with game launches, I look at it almost like like whitewater rafting. Like you know it's gonna be rough. It's just a matter of how when they come out on the other end, like how did it go? And I think too many people look at it as they should just be able to press a button or add more servers or this or that. And so when I look at this launch, the scope and size of what they attempted to do and the 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 death that embrace of death that comes from hundreds of thousands of people trying to love your game and give it a hug. Um, I, I I think they did a good job. I wouldn't say excellent, but I also wouldn't say they did a bad job because I, I don't see any other approach. Like when I, when I think through if something went poorly, I try to think through, okay, were there other ways they could have approached this? Maybe spinning up capacity, but that could have created a whole host of other problems. And yep. then, you know, the adding of servers, we, we already kind of broke that down. And so I would say they had a handful of options and the one that they chose, how quickly they chose to do it and how timely they've been. I feel like they've done a good job. I, I don't know if you're ever going to get on the other side of a launch like this and be like, oh, yeah, it was excellent. There was zero problems. You know, 700,000 people stormed the castle and everybody got in. Um, I, so I, I, I've been just continuing to set my expectations for any live service online games like it's going to be rough. It's going to be choppy. Um, uh, for me now, the question remains, how long will it take before this is not an issue? You don't want yeah. this to be a talking point after week one, you know? Right. Oh, there's still queue times. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like that, that I think is a bigger blemish than a rough launch. Rough launches kind of end up behind us. We're like, yeah, it was crazy. Oh my gosh. Were you there that day? But a week or two in that starts to be almost like a blemish on the game. And everyone's like that game. Oh, that game's a queue time simulator. I can't believe people play that. That, that, that would not be uh, good. Chris, Death, Stranding, Death Stranding got praised for being a walking simulator. So I don't know what we like as gamers um, to, to continue on your whitewater rafting metaphor there. I think Amazon can afford to buy the best raft, the best paddles. They can buy the best guides who are going to be sitting in every single position. There's not a single ex inexperienced whitewater rafter on that boat. So do they deserve a commendable job for making it down the river? Yeah, they're making the best of every turn. And was there another path down the river? Sure. But they are making it down. They're not losing anybody. Nobody's flying off the side. The raft's not going to sink. They're doing everything. I don't want to call it historic because this isn't, you know, two kids went down the river on a, on a door and made it down the other end. And Oh my God, it's the underdog story of the century. Like I think it's, if Amazon couldn't do this, Ash's creation doesn't stand a chance. If Amazon couldn't do this, there will never be an indie MMO. If, if Amazon couldn't do this, we're never going to see any of these blizzard spinoffs successfully launch an MMO without a headache. So 
they are definitely like if they if they can't do this, no one can because this doesn't need to be an ad for Amazon Web Services. If you don't like Amazon, I have bad news for you. You can't use the internet without Amazon Web Services. They are everywhere. Um, they are everywhere. They probably power whatever website you're going to complain about them on. Like they are immensely impactful on the internet as we use it today. This is what they do. Um, they are just somebody that doesn't put up billboards. And so us as the public aren't aware of necessarily how many websites are really powered by AWS. So I think the, the big takeaway here is does a ton of money, a ton of experience and a, you know, don't even have to dial nine to get out of the office access to your servers give you success? Because if this doesn't, nothing will. And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. You, it turns out you can do this. And there was no guarantee you could. Amazon has not had a perfect record in this, in this department. So it was a gamble. Um, well, well no, they I did. They actually did have a perfect record until New World launched. the The record was zero percent <laughs> launch rate. Zero percent launch. <laughs> I mean, it was perfect. It, it was, was perfect. It was flawless. <laughs> and so I think I think this does set a bar that says, okay, if everything goes your way, you can do this. And we didn't know the answer to that, so I, I do think they're commended there. Um, but it still makes I still have questions about Ashes. It just doesn't make me say, well, if Amazon couldn't do it, Ashes doesn't stand a chance. Because Ashes, Ashes has promised to make like, you know, they've promised that they're gonna finish my house renovation for me. That game has promised everything. Um, so I, I'm I'm really excited for where it'll go. I just I don't know that anything about this, like Amazon's good at servers. Yeah. But <laughs> that didn't that didn't catch me off guard. Um, I think the bigger shock would have been like, how could Amazon not have servers for this? Like there would have been no room for forgiveness there. If Final Fantasy falls short on servers, yeah. they come out and write, issue an apology and we're like, oh, that does suck. If Amazon had made the exact same apology as Yoshi P, I would have had zero pity. Right. Exactly. Like, what do you mean you don't have servers? And the fact is they keep pulling them out of like, I don't know where they're getting them. And I guess that we know where the 14 servers are gone. Amazon's just outbidding Square Enix in terms of all of the servers that they've been trying to bid. I, I assume they're like Apple, where they just buy so many futures in this market that they mm -hmm. just already owned this pre pre the world burning. They'd already purchased 2021 and 2022 well, equipment. What's also interesting is kind of a final thought for me, and then we'll we'll cut it. And I know Mikey can bounce and we'll answer any questions that Chad has uh, as in forever long, Chris and Lono and whoever can uh, hang out. But um when it comes down to it, like, I'm just, I'm just kind of at awe in terms of like, as a cloud, a game designed for the cloud in terms of that architecture, we've seen Yoshi P even talk about 14, trying to get that running on cloud. Guess what? It, it's just not ready. And I think they're, uh, you know, they're going to continue to work in that direction. And they talked about Final Fantasy 11, moving it in the cloud at some point, uh, just to help kind of offset and manage costs. But like, you're talking about like a, brand new MMORPG designed for 2021 and forward, as opposed to designed for the internet back in 2004. What does that look like in five years and 10 years, especially if Amazon is truly committed, which we don't know. Like the thing that my question about this game is they say they are, but everybody said they are. Am <laughs> Anthem said they are a 10 year game. Well, that was a lie. And, uh, you know, and so we've seen this happen multiple times. And so if Amazon truly is, I don't need words. I don't need a roadmap. I just need them to do the job. And deliver the stuff that I'm loving, and I'm 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 just adoring this game. I'm I'm, I'm definitely 
uh happy and since i played it literally in the preview i go there's magic here i've like it took me back to my final fantasy 11 days you called that out perfectly mike when you were saying like the world feels dangerous and it does i can opt into danger and i can opt out so it's a modern version that works for my life like if i want to get a little like scary i can flag for pvp and now everything could kill me maybe or yeah oops i ran level 16 and trying to check it uh, trek it to juno man oh 100 man oh we're to do the level one run the level one run like uh, oh, scary stuff but at the end of the day we're going to keep it up this is a podcast it seems that we've you know like as this podcast has evolved we've obviously been talking about new world quite heavily and that's not going to stop so for all those who've hung out and for red rocket for joining in and helping support the show thank you so much we'll shout you out because you just did it while we're live um that's that's the show that's the podcast guys thanks so much for being here be sure to go follow all of these guys all the links are in the description if you're listening into the audio give us a good rating if you feel like we've earned it but also check the links in the description so you can go follow them thank you guys to everybody joining in we're going to see you next week for our next show this has been brian and this has been epic Loot radio thanks for listening we'll see you next time